Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. We're excited that you joined us today. We've got another powerful and life-changing message to encourage you and bless you in your walk with Christ. Let's get right into it and I'll get back with you shortly. Thank you guys for being here. If I haven't had the chance to uh, meet you yet, my name is Barry Ginn. I'm the uh, assimilation pastor here at Bethel Church. And I uh, just want to thank you guys for being with us. Um, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to the book of 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1. I lead the majority of the Bible studies here on Wednesday night. So um, if you didn't know, we have Wednesday night programming. We do, and it's awesome. Uh, there's something here for absolutely everybody. And so we, we have a Bible study as well. And my, my goal today, it, it's not going to be like a typical Sunday morning message, uh, something that you know, you've uh, kind of accustomed to hearing. I am... Uh, I'm basically going to bring the Wednesday night Bible study to you on a Sunday morning. And so we're just going to look through the word. My, my goal today isn't to really bring out anything you haven't heard before, but it's to remind you of things that God has already said. Um, one thing that, that Tammy said in, in, in her message and her testimony was, uh, you know, in 2022, going through everything that she was going through, she just knew God was with her. And that's the part that you said that stuck with me. You knew that God was with you. How, how does she know that God was with her? It's not because she felt it all the time. It's not because somebody told her. It's because God's word says he is with you, period. The, the enemy doesn't, the enemy isn't afraid of how many passages that you know. The enemy isn't afraid of how many passages that you can quote. The enemy is afraid of the passages that you believe. There's a difference. If, if you can quote 10,000, but you don't believe any of them, what good is it? So the reason that she knows that God is with her is because the Bible says it, she believes it. And praise God, she, the word says it, and so therefore it's true. And so this morning, I just we're literally gonna walk through just seven simple passages of scripture. I was joking with one of the Connection team members before church. Last time I spoke, I covered the entire book of Jonah, all four chapters in like 38 minutes. This morning, I have seven verses. We're not gonna finish. It's, but that's what I love about scripture. That's what I love about scripture. I, I've, I've told people all the time, it is shallow enough where a little child can wade through it, but it's deep enough to sink a ship. It's, it's whatever you need it to be. It, it meets you on any level. And, and so my main goal today is to spark something in you for a desire for his word. I, I, I literally have instructions for you at the end to go home and get into his word to find things. I want you to seek things. Um, one part of my testimony that I used to be ashamed of, and now it's, I, I, I glory in it, and it's, I'm so glad, Pastor Steve, you're here. I told him this a few weeks ago. What I'm going to show you this morning, yes, yes, God has gifted me to teach. That is my gifting. But reading scripture is not a gift. We, we all can do that. And, and I, I didn't go to seminary. I did not go, well, let me say, I didn't go to a traditional two or four year seminary. I didn't do that. I'm not against it. It just, it just didn't work out for me personally. So what I'm about to do this morning with, with scripture, you can do it too. You can do it at home. Um, luckily, I grew up in an atmosphere underneath Pastor Steve who taught me that, yes, I needed to be here on Sunday to receive his instruction from the word of God, but then I needed to go home and I needed to read it for myself. 
I needed to dig things out for myself. And that's where this came from. And then God gifted me to be able to present it to people. And so I, I just, I want to show you in seven easy passages, simple passages, just how much truth and how much can be found. John, every single book that John wrote and almost every one, he, he says something around the phrasing of the Holy Spirit is your teacher. And so when you go home and when you start to read and when you start to pour into this, the Holy Spirit will teach you. Not, not, not because you want him to, not, not because you're necessarily asking him to, but because the Bible says it. And if you read it, he's going to do it. He is going to teach you scripture, okay? So 2 Timothy chapter one, let me give you a little bit of background. So even though it's titled Timothy, Timothy didn't write this book. The apostle Paul wrote this and he's writing it to Timothy who was kind of like his spiritual son in the Lord. Now what is interesting about this letter is that this is Paul's last letter. This is the last one he writes. He is sitting probably isolated in this dark, cold dungeon in Rome. He, he's in prison. And uh, he's writing this letter uh, that's probably his most personal one that he ever wrote to his protege. And you can tell Paul feels like the end is near. He's on trial and his court case is coming soon and he just feels like his time is up. And unfortunately for Paul, it was. Um, not too many days after him pinning 2 Timothy, he is beheaded uh, for preaching the gospel. And so out of this very dark time in Paul's life, he writes this letter to Timothy. Timothy is in Ephesus. He's on assignment. He's working with some churches there. And so Paul just writes to encourage him, to help him, um, uh, just to kind of give him some instructions on how to you know, work in ministry. And I just want to share a few of those with you this morning. Again, I really don't have a main point, a driving theme. I just want the Holy Spirit to spark a love inside of each and every one of you to go home and see what he would speak to you when you start reading this. Because he's going to speak to you. He is going to teach you something, okay? All right, let's get it. First seven verses, we're going to read through them and then we're going to go back and break it down verse by verse by verse. Second Timothy chapter one, verses one through seven, verse one, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, as I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure it dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. You might have a translation that says a sound mind. Power, love, and a sound mind. So if, if I had a, a title, if I had a direction, I, I would call it fan into flame. Uh, we, we have to fan into flame the things that, that God has given us. And so we're, uh, we're going to take a look back at this now. I want to pray before we do because all my Bible study people know that I pray before we dive into the word, ask the Holy Spirit to prepare our hearts. So Father, 
I pray, Lord, as we get into your word, uh, your word says that the Holy Spirit is our teacher. And I pray that as we go through these passages, Holy Spirit, I pray that you will teach us. I'm just a mouthpiece. And so I pray that you will speak your word through me today. I pray that you would, I, I can speak to minds and intellect. I cannot speak to the heart. So Father, I pray today that you will use these words and you would speak, Lord, to the hearts and the minds of the people here today. And Lord, I pray for every single one of us that our roots are a little bit deeper and a little bit stronger when we leave today than they were when we came in. In your name we pray, amen. All right, so if you got your pens, pencils, highlighters ready, let's get it. Uh, verse one, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. First thing I wanna show you is this. Paul says that he is an apostle by the will of God. Paul did not volunteer to become an apostle. This was not a career decision for him. This was not some type of lateral move to, to get him in a better position inside the kingdom of God. God called and he equipped Paul to be an apostle. And that same God has called and equipped both you and I today. He has called you to his kingdom and he has equipped you with gifts. You have gifts. Every single one of you sitting underneath the sound of my voice, watching online, you have gifts, okay? And God has given them to you. You are not here this morning by mistake. You are not here on this planet, period, by mistake. You are not in this church by mistake. You did not stumble upon those gifts. God uniquely and divinely created you inside the womb of your mother. And while you were being knitted and created by his hand, he put gifts inside of you. I've I shared that me and Pastor Daniel, there's one thing that we kind of share when we speak. And, and it's gonna sound insane, but I'm, I'm not insane. I've failed all those tests. Or I've passed them. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Whichever. I didn't look up what pass meant, if it meant pass or fail. But at, like, when, I, when I speak and I say some of these things, I, I, I literally at times can almost hear rebuttals. I can almost hear like someone saying, well, no, not, not me. Yes, you. Yes, you. The reason that I know that is not because that I know you, but it's because I know what the word says. And if God says he has gifted you, he has gifted you. It, it doesn't matter what you feel about that. He's gifted you. You've been created and designed by him. You've also been gifted by him. And we wanna help you find out what those gifts are. We wanna help you find out how, how to use them in the kingdom of God. He's called you, he's led you and he's gifted you. I, one of my assignments for you today is if you don't know how God has gifted you, begin to pray and ask him. He's not going to gift you with something and then not tell you what it is and not lead you into what it is. If the Holy Spirit is our teacher, like the Bible says, and his word is true, he is going to lead you and speak to you and show you how you are gifted, okay? So I want you to do that. I do not want you to waste your life. Don't waste your life in this, okay? God has purposely put you here. They always have a problem with the beard and the mic. Sorry. You're gonna have to order me a special headset because this, 
This ain't going anywhere anytime soon. I promise you that. God has purposefully sent you and gifted you. I want you to seek him in prayer and I want you to seek him in the word to find out what it is. You may say this morning, Pastor Barry, I've, I've done that. Like I've, I've been praying, I've been seeking. I, I don't know what God wants me to do. If I just, if somebody would just say, hey, this is what God wants me to do, then I would just run after it wholeheartedly. Well, I'm so glad you asked that question internally this morning. Here's 10 things. 10 things that God wants you to do. Um, they're gonna throw the scriptures up there. We're not gonna go through all of them. But if you wanna know what God wants you to do, there it is. I'm gonna leave that up there for a second. Take a picture of it, write it down, make a mental note. If you want, now this is for everybody. If you are saved, that's what he wants you to do. And sometimes, sometimes, God is going to allow us to walk in the general calling and then he's gonna reveal the specific, right? This is for all of us, every single one of us, myself, everyone here, we are not excluded from that. This is what God wants you to do. This is what he has said in his word. And so assignment number two, when you get home, look those up. And if you're not doing them, start. It's that easy, just start doing them. Everybody good on verse one? You see how the Holy Spirit is your teacher? We've been 10 minutes into this and I'm not even past verse one yet. It, and it's not just me. He will do it to you too. He will speak to you like this too, okay? Verse two, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. You also see why at night I'm not allowed to do the nighttime devotions because we wouldn't go to bed until like five in the morning. He writes to Timothy, his beloved child. Timothy needed Paul pouring into his life. Amen. Timothy needed it. All of us need that as well. Amen. Just like no one in here is exempt from following those passages of what God wants us to do, um, we, none of us are exempt from needing someone pouring into our lives. We all need that. Pastor Daniel uh, which by the way, thank you, Pastor Daniel. I know he's not here today for just allowing me the opportunity to, to speak. Pastor Daniel preached a sermon series a while back um, talking about those relationships, how we all need a Paul figure that is pouring into our lives. We all need a Timothy that walks side by side with us, kind of an iron sharpening iron. And we all need a Barnabas figure, somebody that we are pouring into. And so assignment number three, and it's so easy. If you don't have that, you need that in your life. I, it doesn't matter how old you are physically or spiritually. If you've been saved five years or 55, we all need someone pouring into our lives. We all need someone side by side, iron sharpens iron, and we all need someone to pour into. And if you don't have that, I'll give you a live example of just how easy it is. You guys ready? It's not even in my notes. Hey, Pastor Rich, I know you've been walking with the Lord for a little while, and um, man, I just I, I hear your testimony and I see kind of how you live your life. I don't have like that Paul figure, somebody pouring into me. Would, would, would I, mean, I would say pray about it, but I feel like you already know the answer. Would, 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 would you, would you kind of like pour into my life? I don't even know what that looks like, but would you kind of pour into me? Boom, see, done, checklist, done, made it. That's, that's how easy it is. 
You don't gotta fast and pray for two weeks to figure this stuff out. You just go to someone that, that you see is, is pouring into your life, that is there, they're established, you feel like they would be a good fit with you, and you just ask. We all need those relationships. Timothy needed that. And so, why do we need that? Why do we need that? Verse three, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors with a clear conscience. As I remember you, this is Timothy, as I remember you, Timothy, constantly in my prayers night and day. What a comfort for Timothy, who was young in the faith, young, like age-wise, and, and he's, he's helping to establish and lead churches. And this is his first time doing it away from Paul. What a comfort knowing that Paul that he knew that Paul was praying for him every single day. Tammy mentioned it. What a comfort it is to know that you have someone or some group of people that are calling out your name every single day. And it's not one of these things where it's a, you know, you just happen to remember and it's like, oh Lord, touch Jim in Jesus' name and pray, amen, you know the need. I mean, like he's really actively praying for him. What a comfort that must have been for Timothy. And when we have people pouring into us and we are pouring into others, that's one of the things that we do. How comforting would it be for you if you knew that you had two or three people that marked out 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes every day just to call your name out in prayer? That's why, that's one of the reasons why we need those relationships in our lives to know that when things get difficult and things get tough, we have somebody bombarding heaven for us, just like Jesus is. Just like Jesus is. We, we all need that. Paul was locked up in a prison, isolated from everyone, yet still had the freedom to call upon the Lord anytime that he wanted. Still had the freedom to do that. One thing I wanted to share with you this morning, just when you see it in scripture, these things the Holy Spirit brings out, when we can't seem to hear the Lord on a matter, it doesn't mean that he is silent. When we can't see how God is working in a situation, it doesn't mean he's invisible. When things seem to be getting worse, it doesn't mean that God isn't good. When we seem to be overtaken, it doesn't mean that God isn't powerful. We walk by faith in the word of God and how it describes our Lord. We do not walk by what we can see, feel, or experience around us. We, and this is what the word of God shows us. This is what we're going to grasp. It doesn't matter what you see, what you feel, what you are experiencing. God's word is true. And sometimes we have to walk and believe that by faith. When the example isn't there, we just have to know that it's there because the word of God says it. Okay, that's gotta be settled. And if that is not settled, God is so good, he is going to allow situations to come into our life and gently carry us to the point where those things are settled. This is one thing that, that I've been, that he's been working in me this week. <laughs> and it seems like when one thing gets good, he's like, great job, uh, Barry. Here's the next one. <laughs> and so this week, had this past week, it has been a challenge. Um, I have felt just off. Um, it, it's, it's just, it's, everybody just had a week. All right, so it's, it's just been a week. 
And so I'm driving here to church this morning. I pull in down the side road and my truck just dies. Goes completely dead. Luckily, it was on the side road, so I, I coasted in and kind of parked on the side and popped the hood and the little, uh, I'm not a car guy. I mean, it could be a unicorn for all I know. But uh, it was like this bracket that connects the positive and the negative wires to the battery. It broke in half, completely broken half. Luckily, my dad is an electrician and he can fix anything man's ever made. And so I called him, I said... <laughs> man, I just, I can't do this. <laughs> and he came out, fixed it, boom, bada bing, we're done. But stuff like that, just, just all week. And so when you don't feel like God is good, it doesn't mean he isn't. When you don't feel like he isn't moving in a situation, it doesn't mean he isn't. He is going to lead each and every one of us into trusting. Step one is trusting what he says, no matter how you feel about it. Step two is after you trust what he says, now be joyful in it. Now be joyful in it. Being joyful doesn't mean everything is right. That's not joy. That's happiness. That's the difference between joy and happiness. Joy is when everything is going wrong and nothing seems to be going right, but there is still this deep-seated joy that comes out from within. And I'm going to bring this out later. Did you know that? I'm sorry, like, guys, this thing's dropping. I don't know what's going on with it. But did you know that you have that type of joy too? You don't have to pray for it. You already have it. Hold me there. I'll tell you why in just a little bit. But you already have that. I'm going to show you through the word of God. Verse four. Everybody good? We still, we still together? Verse four. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. As I remember your tears, I long to see you. Paul was so invested into Timothy that he not only prays for him constantly, but he's eager to see him again. That, that's the relationship that we had. So if you're feeling complacent or stagnant in your faith, one reason, I'm not saying this is why, but one reason, thank you, sir. You I'm so sorry. You know this will happen. this here? Good. All right. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> One of the reasons that you may be feeling that way is each week we come and we receive biblical truth week after week after week, right? And it stays isolated within us, right? It's, it's almost like we operate similar to the Dead Sea, we have so much biblical truth flowing in, flowing in, flowing in, but it doesn't have any place to flow out. It doesn't have anyone to flow into. It's not going to anybody else. It's just constantly receiving, but there's no giving out. That might be one of the reasons why. That also might be one of the reasons why you need to have a, 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 a Paul, a Timothy, a Barnabas type relationship in your life so that these things that God gives you and he speaks to you, they can flow through you to somebody else, right? And so your next question might be, well, how do I do that? How am I supposed to pour into somebody? It's, it's in scripture. Paul teaches it all in 2 Timothy. Um, Paul told Timothy to use the gifts 
that God had given him. He told him to pursue godliness, endurance, love, and other Christ-like qualities. He told him, he taught him how to respond appropriately to people. He taught him how to do that. He taught him how to study the word of God. He taught him how to preach the word faithfully. It's one of the last things that he said before he sent this letter. Preach the word faithfully. He taught him how to do the work of an evangelist. All of those things that the Lord is working inside of you and all of those things that he's taught you, it's not meant to stay in you. It's not meant to end with you. It's meant to be poured into someone else. We are a family, not just in this church, but in the kingdom, we are a family. And it's meant to be shared with other people. That testimony is meant to be shared with other people. Your testimony is meant to be shared with other people. Now, it may not look like what Tammy did up here, but it may look like you going to somebody individually saying, let me tell you what God's done for me. It may, it may be you hearing um, uh, some type of report that we pray about. Somebody has a need and God's already brought you through that and you reaching out to share what he's done for me, he's faithful to do it for you, right? So we, we need to share those things. Verse five, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. Parents, grandparents, caregivers, guardians, it is so important that we take an active role in discipling our own children or discipling those people that are close to us, that are underneath our roof. Remember this, oftentimes, good is the enemy of perfection. Let that settle for just a minute. So many times, good is the enemy of perfection. Just because you can't, do a daily devotion perfectly doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it at all. I can count on one fingerless hand how many times devotions have gone well in our house. (laughs) Yeah, I see some looks like, what? No, you heard me right. I can count on one fingerless hand how many times devotions go well. They start out really well, but then, I mean, we, we have 17, 13, nine, and four. That's the ages of our kids. And I mean, it's just a matter of time. And it's just, I mean, and, and we have two pets. And if it ain't the kids, it's the animals. Like something, something's gonna happen. So we get it in where we can get it in. Do we do it every single night? No, but we, we, tr- we try to work something in somewhere. We can't let perfection knock us off course just because we can't do things you know, a little bit better. You understand what I'm saying? So don't, don't let that kind of kind of shy away from, from doing those things. Pour into them. Another thing that he says here, Paul tells Timothy, I am reminded of your sincere faith. He talked about the faith of Eunice and he talked about the faith of Lois, but he says, I am sure that that faith is in you as well. You have to have your own personal relationship with Christ. You have to have it, okay? We, we say it all the time. You are not going to be, you're not gonna be grandfathered into heaven because mom and dad were saved. That's not how it works, right? I, I grew up in this church. I tell people I was born on a Friday night. My mom had me here on a Wednesday night. I've missed like five days since, right? Born and raised here, but I have to confess and believe. I do, right? You have to have your own 
personal salvation relationship. Salvation is for every generation, but it's not handed down generationally. You have to seek it. You have to ask um, and, and, and have your own relationship with, 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 the, with, with the Lord. You have to repent and believe. Your youth pastor, your leaders, your mentors, your parents, your friends, they may have saving faith, but you still have to have it for yourself. Amen? Amen? All right, I, I just love how he says that he's reminded. All right, six and seven, last two, doing good. Two, two things, or a bunch of things I want to pull out from here. In verse six, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. First thing Paul says, I remind you. He didn't say, I teach you. He says, I remind you. Anybody ever forgotten anything before? All right, so we're all on the same page. We all need to be reminded. Paul did not need to be taught something new. He needed to be reminded of something that he already had learned, okay? Sometimes we need reminding. I probably have not shared a single thing this morning that you have not already heard before. You just need to be reminded of it. You just need to be reminded that God hasn't left you. You just need to be reminded that he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, right? We just need reminders of those things. And so we, we got to be reminded, reminded that God has called and gifted each and every one of us. We need to be reminded in, in just what we've already read in helping to point our children to Christ. We need to be reminded that we need to be discipled and be discipling others. We need to be reminded that we've got to have our own personal walk with the Lord. I, I want to get to this part here. This is, uh, well, it's all good, but this is really good. I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. Paul reminds Timothy that he has been gifted, but those gifts need to be stirred up Amen. or fanned into flame is what the scripture says. Now, interesting, he uses those words, fanned into flame. There are three main components if you want to get a fire started, if you want to get a fire going, all right? You need oxygen, you need heat, you need fuel. You need those three things. You need oxygen, heat, and fuel. God has provided two of those things already for everybody. Genesis chapter two, verse seven. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. God has already provided the oxygen that you need. Okay? And that man became a living creature. In Genesis 2, physical breath, physical life is provided. Acts chapter 2, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. You need oxygen and you need fire. You need heat. And God has already provided both of those. Now, this is the good part. This is also the painful part. What is the fuel? The fuel is you. The fuel is me. The fuel is those things that our flesh wants us to do in spite of what the Spirit is speaking. That besetting sin that we all struggle with, that's the fuel. Remember back at, well, if you grew up in church like I did, remember back in the day, you come back from camp and the next youth service you have, there was a barrel in the parking lot and we're going to like burn CDs and stuff. Y'all remember that? All right. That, that's kind of the idea of, of, of burning away, killing the flesh every single day. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 31, I die daily. 
Every day he put more fuel in that fire. And we have to be doing that. That fire, if it's not fueled, now hear this. As, as far as your gifts are concerned and how God has gifted you, if we do not fuel that fire, that fire will get very weak. It won't die because every one of us that's been gifted, the Bible says those giftings are without repentance, which means you're not gonna get away from them. Side note, are you, are, are you feeling just kind of frustrated in your walk with Christ? It might be because he's gifted you to do something and you're just not doing it. You're just not operating how he wants you to operate, right? And when fishermen don't fish, they fight, right? So we have to like understand, like we have to use the gifting that God gives us, okay? And he's gonna show you, reveal to you what that is. But we are the fuel that goes into that fire and God, he, he, he will fan that into flame. Now, last thing, I have to cover this before I let you go. Verse seven, for God gave us not a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control or a sound mind. So many times, now let me say this first. Like I said, God has gifted all of us. It's there. It doesn't matter what we feel about that. It doesn't change the fact that it's true. God has gifted every single one of us. You do not have to pray for God to give you power. You already have power. You don't have to pray for God to give you love. You already have love. You don't have to pray for God to give you self-control as much as we might think it. Or a sound mind. You already have it. You have to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help you fan that flame and stir it up. It's already there. It is already there. And that is one of the tricks of the enemy that he pulls on so many people, myself included, to get us thinking that we are lacking in our salvation when we are not. God has provided everything that we need for salvation. We lack absolutely nothing, okay? It's this dual truth, right? I, I wanna show you a few of these real quick. It's this dual truth. So many times we accept things that God has not given us and we constantly question and doubt the things that he has, how, how many times, myself included, have we say, I'm just so full of fear, I'm so fearful, I'm so fearful, I wish I could think straight, when the Bible says the opposite. God didn't give you that fear, but we accept it as ours. God gave us a sound mind, but we think we can't get it together. We just, again, you might even quote that scripture, but do you believe it? That's the difference. Do you believe that God has not given you a spirit of fear? Even though you feel afraid, you can fan up the flame of power, love, and a sound mind, and he will soothe and drive that away. He absolutely will. But we have to believe it. It's, it's, it's this dual truth that we see in Scripture constantly. I'm going to give you a few examples, and then we're going to go home. It's this dual example of things that we have already, but we still need to fight for, okay? I, I, I'll give you an example. Number one, the, the, the children of Israel, they were given the promised land, but they still had to fight to obtain it, right? I won't read just for sake of time. Numbers chapter 13 says that God gave them the promised land, but towards the end of chapter 13, he also says you have to go up and fight and occupy it. So it was theirs, but they still had to fight for it, okay? Um, the kingdom of God. 
In Luke chapter 17, Jesus says the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. It's in the midst of you. But in Matthew, Matthew chapter 6, he told the disciples to pray, um, your kingdom come, your will be done. You see how both truths, they, they kind of pull on each other, but they're both the same. The kingdom is here, but we still need to pray for it to come. The land is yours, but you still have to fight for it. Power or sanctification. This is one of the best ones. Look at Hebrews 10, 14. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. I can't explain this, but in, 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 in the goodness of God and in salvation, you are both perfect and being perfected at the same time. And I can't explain that to you any more than I can explain that God the God can be a man and that a God can die on a cross. Like that's just, that's just beyond me. But you, me, we are perfect and being perfected by the grace of God. And then the exact same thing is true with these gifts. You have power. You have love. You have a sound mind. There are so many things that God has already given you. You don't have to pray for any of those. They are already there. You just have to pray for them to be fanned into flame and believe that he's going to use them. The gifts of the spirit or the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, meekness, self-control. You have every single one of them. You got them at salvation. You do not lack a single thing. That joy that we talked about, that joy that Tammy talked about, you have that. Well, I don't feel it. I don't care if you feel it. The Bible says you have it. You have it. You have it. You just have to pray for it. God, reveal it to me. Let me walk by faith and not by sight. Let me experience this joy that is lying within me. Do you understand? It's there. Stand with me. I want you to quit speaking contrary words over your life. You've, you have to stop. You have to understand how much God has given you. Okay? Fight those fears with the promises of God. You are not weak and insufficient because God has given you power. Right? You are not cold and indifferent. God has given you love. You are not scatterbrained, stupid, or incompetent. God has given you a sound mind and you have to believe that. I don't want you to just know it. I don't want you to just quote it. I want you to believe it. And God, guess what, has even covered that as well because some of you might be in here right now saying, I know that passage. He's not giving me a spirit of fear but power, love, and a sound mind. I can quote that passage, but I just don't believe it. There was also a guy in scripture who went up to Jesus and Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. I want to believe it. I know you said it. I know it's for me, but something just isn't connecting. God help me to believe. Pray that prayer. You're you're not surprising God with new information. Those things that you struggle with, that you might be afraid or ashamed to bring to him in prayer, he already knows it. You're not going to intimidate him, frighten him, scare him, or surprise him. He is all-knowing, which means you cannot add new information to him. Maybe one of the reasons that that thing still has a grip on you is because you just haven't let it go to him in prayer. Just confess it. 
God, I know you're real. I know I'm saved. And this sounds so bad for somebody like me to say, but I just don't believe. He already knows it. He already knows that that's, that's, that's your struggle. So ask him, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Stop accepting what God has not given you and start believing in the things that he has. Start believing the stuff that he has. You've got power, love, and a sound mind in Christ. You can face every single situation that comes before you. Don't be afraid. God is with you. God is with you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be able to to speak your word today. Lord, we're so grateful. I ask God in Jesus' name that you would help this word to settle on the hearers today. I pray, God, that you would not allow the enemy to come in and take this seed and steal it. I pray, Lord, that you would not allow flesh to rise up and argue against what you've taught today. I pray, Lord, that these words from you would settle and sink deeply in our spirits and in our souls. God, we're just so thankful for your word. The Bible says that your word is a lamp to our feet and it's a light to our path. And we can hide your words in our heart so that we might not sin against God. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us today. Help those in this house right now, Father, that are battling, Lord, with with believing scripture. They, They know it. They quote it. And I think we all land in those places. Help us to believe, God. Help us to believe, Father, I pray in Jesus' name. For those of you that are in the house this morning, if you remember that uh, slide that we put up of, now when I say there's 10 things he wants you to do, there's like 75, but I mean, we got another service coming, so I gotta let you go at some point. Those are just 10 that are kind of easy to find. The first one up there in Acts The first thing that he wants from every single person is salvation. It's salvation. He wants us all to be saved. So here's some good news for you. If you're saved, you're doing at least one of the 10. You're doing at least, you're 10% on your way there, right? You're getting it. But for those of you that are in the house this morning and you are not saved, and you know you do not have that relationship, two through 10 and everything else, we don't even look at it's not relevant at this point. It starts, it, it, it starts, it carries, and it ends with salvation. You, 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 are, you, you are going to be saved. You are saved, and he is going to continue to save you. That's where you start. So if that's you today, I, I, I want to speak with you. I want to talk with you through this stuff, right? I want to have this relationship with you. You're unsaved and you don't have no idea what I'm talking about. You need this Paul figure. I'm, I'm okay, I'll do it. I, I wanna see you saved and walking with the Lord. So if that's not you, while our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, people are praying for lost souls. That's Christians. That's what you're praying for right now is for somebody in this house that knows they need a relationship and the enemy has filled them with fear to the point where they cannot even respond in a friendly, comfortable environment. You are praying for them to understand that God has given them power, love, and a sound mind for them to know that they need to be walking with the Lord. Christians, that's what you're praying for right now. If you're not saved and you want and you feel the Holy Spirit, you don't even know it's him. 
If you didn't grow up in church, you don't know what you feel right now. That's the Holy Spirit. That's conviction pulling you to say, this is the Word of God, and this is where we start with salvation. If that's you, and you'll let me have a conversation with you about it, I want you to raise up your hand so I can see. I need to know who I need to talk with. Gotcha. We got one. Anyone else? I'll spend all day with one or 50 numbers. It does not matter to me. So is there anyone else you know that you need to be saved? You need to understand what this is. I would love to have a conversation with you about it. Anyone else in the house? All right, praise God. Praise God. Let's thank God for that one hand being raised. We're going to close here in a second. Come see me. I'm going to get you my number. We're, we're going to talk today. Um, if, if, if I get surrounded, just push through. You have my permission. Just lower your shoulder, duck your head, plow through them. In Jesus' name. You doing in Jesus' name, it'll be all right. If you need special prayer, I'm going to be up here to, to pray um, for, for my altar prayers and workers. If you guys can, can hang around to help pray. Um, I need to talk with this young man, so I need some people up here up and praying. If you need special prayer, I, I want you to come down. We're going to pray for you. But if if you don't need special prayer, and you know, and you know, we're, we're at the end of the service, I want you to go home, and I want you to fan into flame those gifts that God has given you. If you don't know what they are, I want you to get into the Word of God and ask and pray what they are. I want you to seek those things out. Something else I want you to do. This is super easy. Hop on Google, hop on whatever web browser you use and type in Bible verses God has given. And you're gonna see about a thousand passages come up. Those things that God has given to you, they are yours. They are yours. You have got to know what they are and believe them. Okay, that's your homework. If you don't have somebody that you're pouring into, find that person. If nobody is pouring into you, find that person. If you don't have an iron sharpens iron, find that person. This idea of showing up, hearing the rains fall, awesome, what's for lunch and we forget it. Ah, that's that's a big weapon used by the enemy that keeps a lot of people just in the same place. So pick something that we talked about this morning. Maybe you need to find your gifts. Maybe you need to find somebody to disciple or disciple you. Maybe you need to understand what God's given you so you can walk in victory. Whatever they are, any of them, all of them, find them. Pray for them. The Holy Spirit will show you. Amen. Praise God. Father, thank you for everybody being with us today. I pray you'll keep everyone safe as they travel. I pray you will not let this word leave them. Don't let the enemy steal this word, Father. I pray that you keep your protective hand upon us all. Bring us back, Lord, uh, at the next appointed time where we may worship and serve you. Be with us this week. Put divine appointments in our place this week. Let us run into people that we can minister to. Let us run into people, God. Don't let us be in such a hurry, Lord, that we miss these divine appointments by you, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. If you need special prayer, come on down. Praise God. Love you guys. If you enjoyed today's message, we want to encourage you to join our Facebook online community. Search for Bethel Church Online for more great content from our pastors and leaders here at Bethel. Join us next week for another inspiring message.